Hello and welcome back to the Personal Trainer Portal podcast for an episode 82. And today we're going to be talking about stress. Is stress ruining your personal training business? We're going to delve into that in a little while. But first off, how are you doing, Pete? Uh, well, I'm all the better for seeing you. Um, although I'm in a stress state, funny enough. Um, but, you know, they don't make them like me anymore. So I'm just I'm like a duck. I'm just swimming on the water, looking nice and chilled. But underneath, I'm paddling for my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, stressed. I'm, I'm pretty stressed. If there's one thing I wouldn't describe you as, it would be a duck. Well, maybe instead of duck, I should have said swan because they're a bit more yeah. elegant. Yeah. Sorry if I turned your video off there accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got another? You got a call for me? <laughs> just had enough seeing your face already. <laughs> wow! So, <laughs> so we're just we're over a minute in. We're talking about stress. What What made you want to talk about stress? Then, what is it you need to vent to the PTP podcast just listeners? And me, currently in a house move. And if anyone listening or viewing has, has done a house move, they know it's actually up there with one of the most stressful things you can do. Uh, have you, well, I suppose you have moved house, haven't you? <sighs> yes and no. Like when I was a kid, obviously I moved house when I lived with my mum and that was not the same as it when you're Easy when you with parents because they do everything. Exactly. <laughs> but when I moved into this place I'm in now about, well, I think it was about two years ago now, just after the first lockdown, I moved from my previous house where I lived with two other lads. If anyone listens to the Modern Wisdom podcast with Chris Williamson, I lived with him. And there's my claim to fame, apart from this podcast, because we're already <laughs> famous anyway, from the PTP podcast. If anything, he should be mentioning us about he used to live with me. Oh, yeah. So. I bet he is. When I move. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm yet to hear it on his podcast, oh, but I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's there somewhere. <laughs> so when I moved from there to here, which was, I mean, no more than what, like two miles away. It's not exactly far at all. But. I didn't move any type of furniture or anything like that. All I did is bring over my clothes because when I moved from my parents to his in 2017, it was my first time moving out. So all I did is take clothes and obviously there was already bed and cupboards and all that there. So if I'm honest, it wasn't that stressful to answer the question at all. I mean, it took me about a day, if not even like half a day to move all my clothes and my TV and stuff like that. But it really wasn't stressful at all but i can imagine whenever me and alex move out of this place whenever it is in the future it will definitely be just like yours was because we'll have furniture and stuff to move well literally every room you go in you can't list boxes there's literally I've, i think i've found the only space in the house that isn't got a box in shot but there is boxes to my my right to my left behind me they're everywhere so it's pretty stressful i'm even on the plastic cups because the uh, glassware is packed. So it'll plug there. So I am park. If you're in Tenerife, you want a water park experience, <laughs> that's the place to go. Pete um, gets commission. I've actually, well, that's you always take the mic, but I've got a season, season ticket. <laughs> really, that is the equivalent of you having a season ticket for Wet and Wild, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's right, it's so. hilarious. Um, I mean, I haven't been recently, but I presume so. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe get yourself a season pass. Um, but yeah, mine, mine's outdoors. Well, it's just yours. It's, it's indoors, wet and wild, isn't it? it? used to be great back in the day, wet and wild. 
Okay. Yeah, when you're like seven. Yeah, yeah. Not so much now. Yeah, but um, I just thought about <laughs> sort of stress today. Get my, I just smoothly transitioned. Wet and wet yeah, smoothly and leave that so one aside and then we'll move stress. on. Yeah, I was just talking about the smooth transition from wet and wild to stress and why we're talking about stress. <laughs> as you do. Um, as you do. Um, but yeah, I mean, stress, moving houses up there with one of the worst or the most stressful things you can do. Um, losing your job. That's another one. Uh, divorce. That's another one. Can you think of any more? So what was the reason you wanted to delve into stress then, Pete? And how does it relate to PTs then? Well, I think obviously stress is um, it's massive in ev- everyone's work and life, personal life. Uh, obviously, I've got a stressful uh, situation of moving house. Um, so I thought, why don't we? I was doing my cardio in the gym. And I was thinking to myself, stress. There's a topic we could cover on PTP. Um, but before we go too, too uh, deep into the actual serious content that we record this for, because I don't know if you're getting confused, we actually record this to get serious content out, not just to talk rubbish. <laughs> I don't know if you're wise to that. Yeah, I don't think many people that? are. I'm not wise to that. No. So... Um, I've got we like a bit of trivia on here now and then, don't we? Some could say. Some could say, yeah. So um I thought we'd talk about stress. So what do you think some of the most stressful jobs in the world you could have? Ooh. Is this going off like research? Or is this anecdotal? Well off research, yeah. Right. I didn't know if it was just someone just saying, like, I think these are the most stressful jobs. So if it's and is it worldwide jobs or is it just UK? Worldwide. Right. If it's worldwide, because obviously if it was UK, I would have said I can almost guarantee one of the top ones would be NHS. It's some role in the NHS, I imagine. So but, there's, a cu- there's a couple that relate to the NHS. I'll just talk you on about them now. Surgeon. Yep. That's number one on this. Wow. List. Number two, nurse. And right. I know for a fact I've PT'd a few nurses. Yeah, I have too. And I do not envy their job. From looking after people, long hours, sometimes they get a bit of abuse off the patient. Um, if people are ill or just annoying and abusive, <laughs> they get that as well. Um, the long hours, it doesn't really sort of promote a healthy lifestyle in terms no. of nutrition, eating something on the move. Police officer. Number three. Yep, I can imagine that. Number four is a, throws you out a little. Logger. Do you know what a logger is? Logger? What's that? That's someone that chops trees down. I thought I thought it was going to be that, but why would that be stressful? Why would that be stressful? Because it's one of the most dangerous jobs you can do. So you're 33 times more likely to die doing that job than the national average. Mm. Um, you're working with heavy machinery, whether that's vehicles, chainsaws, and um, you're cutting giant object, objects like big trees, falling trees. Sometimes you cut that tree, it doesn't fall the way you want it to cut. So, yeah, logger, bit of a stressful one there. Taxi driver, a little surprise. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. But I 
suppose there's there's a lot of car accidents, isn't there? And if you're sort of working long hours, you're tired, maybe more likely to crash. Mm. Firefighter. I just feel like someone's gone, I'm just going to think of the first 10 jobs which come to mind and then put them down. Are you, are you saying my, uh, my trivia isn't correct? I'm not saying yours isn't correct. I'm saying that your evidence study isn't correct. Um, the next one is fisherman. After fire, sorry, it was firefighter next, then fisherman, paramedic. We touched on this, didn't we? NHS mm. number nine throws you off a bit. Forensic cleaner. <gasps> what? Forensic cleaner. So this is it says here quite a morbid job. Yeah, yeah. But someone has to do it. So you go to the crime scene. They must obtain all the forensics, and you've got to then um, tidy it all up. Really. Mm. And you're probably going to see some homicide, suicide. Yeah, I suppose. Messy deaths. See yeah. all the names. Social worker is number 10. I suppose because a lot of social workers in the UK, and I've trained one or two of them over the years, is that they're normally underpaid for what they do. Yeah. Uh, and I think, obviously, in terms of what the people might come to them and have gone through horrific experience, mm. and you're sort of taking that burden, aren't you? Exactly. Um, bartender number 11, which really, yeah, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't have agreed with that. Have you ever been a bartender? Um, no, I... no, I, <laughs> so, we... <laughs> so I suppose we can't truly, but from the outside, given our opinion, yeah, I suppose one, they're normally on minimum wage Two, it's normally at night time. So you're tired, you're dealing with people who are drunk. Um, Number 12, teacher, and I would have probably, before I had children, I would have said, no, that'd be fun. After having children and dealing with them just on days off and weekends, having to deal with them five days a week and multiple children. Who mm. aren't general. I, couldn't, I thought that'd be higher. I mean, I've trained a few te teachers over the years and all of them seem to be stressed. <laughs> With all the yeah. sheer workload they have to do outside of hours, making sure all the kids are behaving well, making sure they're hitting targets. So we've covered some stressful jobs there. Yeah. Now, I, I don't have a list of these, but what do you think are the, the most relaxing, least stressful jobs you could have? Let's just ponder that. I would say, I'm going to say, I, I reckon PT's up there depending on the variables, depending on the variables. Because being completely honest, my current situation, seven and a bit years now, nearly seven and a half years of being a PT, I, if I had to rate my stress levels for PT, not my, just overall life, just purely for my job PT, out of 10, I would say is about a two for PT. Two. But that's only because... I've got to the point where I, I train clients who I enjoy training. I've trained pretty much all of them, bar maybe a couple, for longer than a year. And I know them all. They know me. I know what the goals are. I know what they can and can't do. I know I haven't got any clients who are really flaky or are going to miss payments. So all my clients are people who I enjoy training. I've, most of them train for quite a while. So there's nothing really stressful about it. I think... Um... 
when you start now, I think it's definitely more stressful. Yeah, that's a completely different ball game. I'm just purely evaluating it from my current situation. Yeah. And obviously we're going to touch in, in detail some of the stresses that you can expect. Mm-hmm. What would you say then for the jobs? The jobs? Which uh, um, least obviously this is all what we perceived to be least stressful because we haven't done most of them. I think a yoga teacher. Mm. All that chill out time you get just in meditation, teaching people, it's quite a, they have that sort of chilled out music on, like chimes, just relaxing. They've maybe got some incense on the go or some candles, quite relaxing. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe that. What do you, what do you, do you not think? No, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, just like, it's similar to PT yoga, because if you're a self-employed yoga teacher, it's very similar to PT, isn't it? And how you run your business. Yeah, and then obviously I think one of the factors from PT, and obviously you can have quite a lot of freedom in your, at the time you work. When you get to a point where you have clients and you know they're prepared to move around your schedule, mm. um, then that allows you to have that work-life balance, I think more so than a salaried job. Yeah. But then there's all also stressful things with being self-employed of as course. well. There's- yeah, getting back to what I said, I'm about a two out of ten on the stress. I'd say the only stresses which I still have as a PT, which will never go, are that obviously now and again clients will leave. And that's just part of the job, and we'll delve into that in a little while. But I know that clients will leave inevitably, so that is um, maybe ever so slight stress. Although I don't really get stressed about it anymore because I know that I can just pick up another client. And maybe the other stress is slightly just making sure all my clients are okay and making sure that they're all enjoying it and making sure that they're able to do what I want them to do. But you've got to build up to that and we will delve into that. Um, another um, thing, looking into stress, there's a, quite a lot of facts out there about dogs. And so working with dogs would be a less stressful job. So mm. maybe you had... Like a dog walker. Dog daycare or dog walker. That could be pretty mm. cool. Um, because you can use dogs to calm people down. I think that would stress. be a 10 out of 10 stress for me, considering I'm a little well, dog Yeah, I mean, you die. So that, that would be 11 out of 10. I'm just scared. Not 10 out of 10. 11 <laughs> out of 10. Um, you, while we're on dogs. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> sorry. That's quite offensive the way that came out. Um, <laughs> no, so you you couldn't work at Ben and Jerry's. Why? Because they actually have dogs that go in to see the employees. The employees can spend a little bit of time with them to calm them down, to help with stress levels. Now, really? that would be your worst time of the week, wouldn't it? It would. Well, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to be there. Well, I, I would. Said, well, I can't. I can't have them in here. Yeah, can't. Um, can't, have, can't. Is it all animals or just furry animals? Predominantly all the furry ones. So you couldn't be a zookeeper either. I mean that. that well, no, hell. I couldn't. It's there goes like anyone thinking that I could become the next Tiger King. Uh, think again. Think again. <laughs> think again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more facts on stress while we're here. Did you know there is a 
an event in Japan. We love Japan on this podcast. <laughs> we do yeah. love Japan. I, the funny thing is, I've said to Alex recently that I really it's one of my bucket list places. Japan. Tokyo, yeah. Well, you can't go there with her. This PTP on tour, Japan. <laughs> yeah, good point. You can't be going there and making you feel jealous about it. If stood next to a vendor machine. You'll be, you'll be tripping over a vendor machine. <laughs> 23 per person. Loving it. Um, but yeah, so they actually have an event that happens. I'd imagine this is every year in Japan. And it's called Ryu Katsu. Right? You've heard of Curry. Katsu Curry. I was going to say. This is called Ryu Katsu. And you know what that translates to? What's that? Tear seeking. Right? Okay. And this is when multiple people will get together and they'll watch sad clips, whether it's videos, films. And the reason they do that is to get them to cry. So they'll cry together. And in their eyes, that'll help to relieve stress. It's like sometimes you need a good cry, sort of clears your system, feel less stress. If you've been bottling it up, it's a release, isn't it? Let's let's address it. Can you honestly remember the last time you cried? Um, Last time I cried? Mm, Not really. Like, other than someone dying. But I didn't want to really go on that morbid route Um, to the pod. Um... No, not really. Not really. I mean, I think I'd cry if Newcastle United won the Premier League. Um, <laughs> That's not enough. I'll be crying when Newcastle beat Leeds 5 Um <clears throat> I mean, can you? Well, no, I can't. And I don't mean that in like a macho sort of man type of way, like men don't cry. But <laughs> I, I genuinely can't remember. And I, I don't. I'm saying that I don't want to jinx myself. I don't want anything bad to happen. Fingers crossed. But you know, stubby toe. I know. I know. Yeah. I'll just, make, I'll just text Alex now, make sure she doesn't want to leave me or anything. So, is it? Is there any? Have you ever watched the film? Uh, yeah, but not for a long time. But even then, when it's crying, it's not like bawling my eyes out. Like I, I can't even talk crying. It's almost like a your eyes water. It's not crying. What gets me? Have you ever watched DIY SOS? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That gets me. If it, well, because it's sad. Is it? that? Hang on, am because... I getting the wrong one? Which one's DIY SOS again? So basically, DIY SOS, it's got, um, Nick, is it Nick Knowles? Is it Nick Knowles? Hang <laughs> on. The guy. And basically, he presents it. He's like a builder. He's got a team of builders. They're all really oh, good. yes. I know what you mean. And they've got a designer. And someone will have written in and said, look, my yeah. mate that lives next door, paralysed, in a wheelchair, yeah. but his house is not working for him. His family's stressed. The health stressed. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. You can do something for him. I know what you mean now by DIY SOS, but I thought <laughs> I was getting mixed up with the one with Dion Dublin, the homes under the hammer. Under the hammer. <laughs> I said, why does that make you stressed? <laughs> Not stressed. Uh, uh, upset. Sorry. Um, no, DIY SOS, it's usually someone in a, a bad position yes. situation yeah. and they come in, everyone chips in. It's that. Mm, the whole community chips in. It's a camaraderie. And they build them a lovely house that 
allows them to have a life. I mean, I'm well enough now talking about it, but um, yeah, that's that gets me. I, I've I have seen that one with Alex. I was getting mixed up with Holmes and the Hammer. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see why that one. That <laughs> I can see why that would make you upset, actually. So, what else have you got about stress? Have you got any? Or is that everything? Well, I, I saw I've, there was a couple of conflict, and I've obviously done a, few, a little search on facts. And I was trying to look for some unusual ones, and I found one, and it basically said, "You know how the term pulling out my hair mm. or turning your hair grey." Sorry. Mm. Stress makes you go grey. Now, someone blazing that said that actually is a myth. Your hair can't turn grey because of stress, right? But it can fall out because of stress. Mm. Yeah, I, I. But then that. I got into a little bit of a historic stress story, and there's a condition, a syndrome called Marie Antoinette syndrome. Now, do you know how, who Marie Antoinette is? No. Well, she was sentenced to death via the guillotine, yeah? So beheaded. Yeah. Now, the story is, I, I don't know what colour hair she went in to, to prison with, but it wasn't grey, right? Spoiler alert. But she went into prison the day before. So she's in prison. And then that day, she must have found out she was going to lose her head, get killed, guillotine, right? Overnight, they say her hair turned white. Mm, really? In learning, she was going to be shocked. So purely from all the stress, her hair turned white over one night. Now, we can't go, we haven't got a time machine, so we can't go back and check this out, really, can we? No. Are there, is there any um, evidence? It'd be hearsay, won't it? What you know? What's a bit of a legend in the history book? I mean, so there you go. So, not we can't really test it out, can we? No, that is interesting. Down. That right. is interesting. But yeah, well, so it's a bit mad that. And here's another one for you. Have you ever heard the term "literally sweating blood"? Yes. Now, that is possible because when under stream, emotional, physical stress, blood vessels that feed sweat glands can rupture, causing the glands to bring out blood. No. So there you go. You learn something new every day, don't you? That, you, you really do. And I, I think thing is, though, for the PTP podcast listeners, they've got it even better because they get to learn all the knowledge from PP, but also the facts we have at the start. Exactly. I mean, if you've got a dinner party, listen to this before you go, because you're going to be the main one there. Just everyone's going to want to hear more facts. Mm. I lost you for a few seconds there, but, yeah. I'm, but... I'm just saying, if you, if you went to a dinner party, that is ideal, these facts. Just exactly. Exactly. Dinner party facts. So I was going to go into and tell you a random fact, but after talking for 20 to 25 minutes about stress, it'll totally divert the topic of the conversation and we'll just go off onto a massive tangent and then not even get into the main podcast episode. So I'm going to leave that until next episode. So let's delve into the 
well, we've been talking about stress. This is this has been one of the better ramblings we've had and shit talk we've had because usually we talk about something totally unnecessary towards the actual podcast. Where today we've actually been speaking about something related to the topic, and as we already know, the topic is about stress in your PT business. So, I suppose, Pete, what what do you think, or what was the reason for you wanting to do this in relation to PTs? Then, I think. From my current stressful uh, situation, um, I think it just t- took me back to um, when we were PT. We were fresh, fresh out of PT school, um, expecting uh, to be having well to have a full diary within a week or two. So I think it was a almost. Hey, re- repeat what you said. You went for like seven seconds again. I did. Connection went. Yeah. Just the last 10 seconds. So, yeah, I think from us PT in the commercial gym, fresh out of PT school, we um, thought we were just going to be fully booked like that within weeks. And then all of a sudden it, you realize uh, this is a little bit harder than I thought. And I'm actually going to have to graft at this. Um, and no one's really there to say, here's the answers, do this, you've done it. Um, obviously we didn't have a PTP then, did we? No. To, as an oracle to follow. So I think it's the stresses of you coming out of PT school, um, you're self-employed. You might even come from a a salary job, like a safety net situation. Whereas you didn't have to go out there and find your business, you find your earners. So I think it's that there's tons of stresses you, you discussed earlier, how you're on a, a level two on stress level uh, now because you've, you've got things in place, you know what you're doing, you work with people you enjoy. But when you start out, that is mm. sort of a completely different situation. You're it probably, was more of like a six to seven. Yeah. So you're having to put in lots of hours. Um, you're self-employed, so suddenly, you know, you're your own boss, which is great, but then it also can be bad because you, you've got to find the customers. You're not getting the customers. Um, and you have to keep on top of your routine. It's, it's quite easy, you know, if you've got a morning off, just to, to have a lie in, not chase up business or spend time on your business. So there's there's lots of different stresses and things to get your head around. If you get your head around that and work out systems, structures, scheduling, having a diary, all of that, you can get to Lewis's yoga um, teacher <laughs> level of stress. So what about your own person? I'll delve into my story and then, but Pete, do you want to start it off then considering this was your topic of doing this yeah. on um, the podcast? Well, we're going to touch on some of the main stresses, aren't we, further on. And I could, well, I could relate to every one of them that we're going to mention, but the main sort of standout for me was finding clients and and having to deal with flaky people, whether it was people approaching you that said they were interested and then they'd go all quiet on you when they heard the price. But, you know, how many times did me and you sit in the, the staff room, which was a wrong thing to do, and we've touched on this on a previous podcast, the worst thing you can do if you've not got enough customers is sit in the staff room <laughs> and bitch to your other PTs about not being busy and do nothing about it. But we did that. So much at the start, we'd sit in there and 
discuss how when you, you're at PT school, they sort of tell you, they don't tell you it'd be easy, but I feel they build you up to think it'll be easier than it is. So I think we, we sat there and discussed clients and not having clients and, um, you know, what to do, uh, that anxiety that comes if you've gone from a busy period to a quiet period, we discuss that quite often, won't we? And if, even if our schedule dropped just for a week, maybe a few people were away, um, we'd get that anxiety because you're self-employed, you know, that anxiety of feeling like you've lost custom, you should be busier, you should be doing more because quite often it's easy when you're busy to think the business is doing well. And then when you're quiet, you feel like you're not doing enough. You should be doing more. Um, but then that feeds into long hours and the stress of long hours. Um, and that's definitely something I can relate to. I, at the start of PT, um, when you're trying to build a business, you definitely have to put the long hours in. You have to make some sacrifices with social and family time. But the problem is if those long hours continue for an extended period of time, Lewis, for a fact now, he, he has a, a schedule where I think he works anywhere from 20 to 25 hours a week. And that really works well for him. It allows him to do stuff away from the gym, which is train, have a bit of social time. You also can do other business stuff like we are doing this with PTP. But if he's working 50 plus hours, then there's going to be a strain on his, his work-life balance. He's, he's probably going to be tired. He's probably going to miss some training. Maybe his nutrition goes out the way, out the, out the window. And then all of a sudden those little things then cause stress to you. If you're not spending any time on yourself, you're just giving everything to your business that causes stress. If you're not eating properly, you're getting a stress state. Um, if you're not training, because quite often when I started out and I was doing a ridiculous amount of hours, you would have a few hours off in the, the afternoon, quiet times. The last thing you want to do when you were in the gym at six o'clock or seven o'clock and then not getting home till 10. Oh yeah. I'll spend another couple hours in there training myself because you think I just want to break. I want to go outside. Yeah. I want to get some fresh air. I want to go and sit in a coffee shop and just chill because you've been on your feet. You've been giving yourself to clients, talking, conversing with them, getting them to do the things you need, taking on their problems. Because being a PT, you're quite often a bit of a, a counsellor, really, aren't you? People, clients tell you things mm. that um, they wouldn't normally say to other people. So I think there's a lot. I mean, what would you say the, the biggest stress was for you when you started out? I think when I started out, as I mentioned multiple times on the podcast as well, is that I used Hello? to travel a lot. Pete forgot to mute his mic and he's just answered the phone. <laughs> so I think when I first started out, I used to travel quite a lot. So that meant that I had to take up a lot of my time, which was not spent doing productive things. So say, for example, I used to do back in the day, maybe 10 to 15 hours of PT and clients per week. I'd have 12 hours of shifts. But I used to travel two hours one way to the gym and two hours back. So that meant, what's that, like 16 hours, to 16 to 20 hours per week was just spent traveling and 12 hours was spent just on a gym shift where I couldn't train my clients. So that's like 25 to 30 hours purely not earning money. So I got to the point where I obviously realized that I couldn't do that. 
because I remember adding up all these hours that I thought you weren't productive and weren't actually giving me a return. And that was one of the biggest stressful things for me was knowing that I was putting so much time into something, which ideally I was only actually earning money from a short a third of the time I was actually given away. And I think that was probably one of the most stressful areas for me. Here he is, Pete. He for, forgot to mute his mic, so we could hear parts of the comment. He didn't, I could hear it all. <laughs> and I think all the listeners could as well. I couldn't hear what you were saying, to be fair, but, you know, that's that's... That's fine. So as I was just saying, my stressful time was when I used to have to travel up towards the gym. Obviously, you've told your story there, Pete. What would you say was the biggest effect that stress had on your business? The biggest effect of stress on my business? Um, well, I think it. if you're working long hours um, over an extended period of time, you get fatigued. You, you can't give a five-star service. Mm-hmm your clients might drop off a little bit if they don't feel like they're getting the full you. Mm. Um, top, top service. Maybe their, their goals drop off a little bit. And then you know what it's like with clients that can become flaky if they're not seeing progress. Um, the other big thing was, it's that whole saying, isn't it, of working on in your business and working on your business is very different to working in your business. If you're in that business 50 hours a week, you've got no time to then spend on the, on the business to try and grow it, to try and progress it. So I think the main one was quite often you, you just PT an hour to hour and you, you can't sort of have an eye on the future because obviously we, we, we discussed at length about you have drop-offs drop off, drop offs. I can't speak that. Um, naturally, time of the year. But having systems, checking in on people, you've potentially got prospects if you're using the conveyor belt, which I hope you are by now. Link in the description. Exactly. Um, so you, you need to be keeping those sort of irons in the fire, those those leads warm. And Not if you're just too busy, um, just dealing with what you have on your plate now, just you know, your current client base you can't really keep them one eye down the line and in on the future and future clients i think the biggest one was was probably spending too much time in the business and not mm. on the business yeah that makes sense and some of the other common things that can stress you out as a pt which i know for a fact me and pete have definitely gone through this at least at some point of being a pt are things like flaky clients aka clients who are cancelling last minute all the, all the time or are not paying you on time and constantly giving you excuses, or just being self-employed in general, being able to manage your own business, as Pete just touched on there, and having enough clients. Obviously, that's one of the biggest things, because if you don't have enough clients, you don't really have a business and you're not earning the money. So that's one of the whole reasons why we have the PTP podcast as well. If you're struggling to get clients, this is what this whole podcast and our business is around to help you if you're within the first three years of being a PT and you're on the gym floor, you need to know exactly how to get clients. And if you want a free template for that, if you're struggling to communicate with members on the gym floor to then lead them down that conveyor belt to becoming a client, head to the link in the description. By the way, you can download a free template of what's here. And as well as long hours, as Pete always talks about, he used to do, well, I did a lot of hours as well, but mine was saying, as I said before, that I used to do around 16 to 20 hours of traveling alone 12 hours of gym shift. So that means I was doing 
25 to 30 hours per week of things where I wasn't getting paid for it, either a shift or traveling, which is a hell of a loss of hours. And I was only actually getting paid for like 12 to 15 of them. If I had, let's just say I had 15 sessions of PT in a week. That meant my whole week was like 50 hours, but two thirds of it was spent not even getting paid. It was all just the unnecessary stuff. So there are some examples or some things which might be stressing you out currently. So now we've laid all that down, Pete, what do you think are some of the solutions people or one of the solutions people can have to make sure they combat that stress? Well, I think with um, if we touch on flaky clients, which can be quite a stressful thing, I think there's a few there's a few ways on well ways you can tackle flaky clients. And probably the best way to start is by looking at the consultation. When you have the consultation, something that I say a lot is putting your expectations to them of what you expect from them and what they can expect from you. So making sure they've read that, maybe signed that, so they know what you expect from them. And on those expectations, it may be um, their timekeeping, making sure they're turning up on time, um, coming a little bit early to sessions, giving you good notice on cancelling, and giving valid reasons. You're not like the dog ate the front door key um, 10 minutes before I was meant to leave the house, sorry. Um, Sorry about that. And then not expecting to pay for the session, having that respect for you. Um, if you've laid them down early doors, I think that definitely helps with clients being flaky. Also is um, with flaky clients, keep, keep those goals. You might set out goals in that consultation of what they want to achieve. You need to keep reviewing those goals. Keep doing the measurements with them, checking in on the nutrition, making sure they're making progress because flaky clients will develop when, you know, their progress stalls or falls off or goes back over. If you're getting people results and keeping getting them results, you're not really going to get them flaking out because they see that working with you is a benefit. They're achieving what they want to achieve. So they'll be getting more confident, you know. They'll be happier within their life. So they're going to keep that going. It's when, you know, you're maybe not checking in on them. Their nutrition starts to slip. Maybe they're going out a bit too much at the weekend, consuming too many calories. And if you're not sort of keeping them true or correct to that, they can sort of lose that. So I think things like that. So definitely respect expectations, keeping them on track, keeping them focused on their goals. And then, Altering goals, if, if their goals change, if life changes and, and they maybe need to have a sit down, have a chat with them, sometimes just taking someone for a coffee and when the, that flakiness starts to develop, maybe saying, look, let's grab a coffee, let's have a chat about a few issues. That's going to do a lot more for keeping them in your business than sort of letting the, the issues linger and develop and getting worse. Because before you know it, if you haven't addressed those situations problems and you let it develop you'll be getting a text saying um sorry but i think i'm going to knock pt on the head and that is the last thing you want to do because that is what is going to cause you that stress and anxiety because then that feeds into the fact you haven't got enough clients your business is maybe stolen itself so you definitely i'd start there i don't know mm. if, would you add anything else on clicking yeah so 
not on 30 clients. I'll address one of the other stresses I mentioned of having enough clients. So Pete's addressed them once, addressing the stress of once you've already got them. But what about getting enough clients? I would say if you were to look at it as a percentage of what people stress about the most being a personal trainer, I would say the biggest one, I don't know if you agree, Pete, would be just the stress of getting enough clients. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. I mean, and, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I've sat in the staff room with you and witnessed about that. Yeah. And one of the things you can do for this is, well, that, I suppose our whole podcast in businesses around this is making sure you have systems and processes and reliable processes in place that you know will work. So the more you get yourself out there, the more that you try and get clients, the more chances are you're going to be a fully booked PT. And I know sometimes when you hear people say, oh, just do more, add more value. Yes, it's quite annoying when people say that because it doesn't exactly tell you what to do. Well, we have told you what exactly what to do multiple times in other episodes of this podcast is we like to call it the conveyor belt. And I'm not going to go through it all now because we've spoke about it a million times on the podcast. And if you want the thorough in-depth details, head to the link in the description. But you need to know how to take someone from being a random member of the gym to then building no like and trust so that you are building that relationship with them, but not coming across as salesy, providing them some sort of value, aka demonstrating exercises, giving them something for free so that they see you as an authority, and then getting them into a consultation, again, not being salesy at all, and then in a consultation, knowing how to sell. So that's almost the conveyor belt of taking someone from being a complete stranger to becoming a long-term client. And again, if you want to know the full, full in-depth process, listen to our other podcasts or head to the link in the description. So that if you can master the picking up, that speaking as a client, picking them up, turning them into someone who's genuinely interested, and then you know how to sell in the consultation, you will drastically reduce your stress of not having enough clients because you've got a system to follow to bring more clients in. Definitely. And I think um, another stress that is a big one is is the long hours um because i was definitely guilty of this um and i've mentioned this before like you have to put the hours in when you start like don't just think you can do an hour here an hour there you need to be in that gym hustling chatting to people having conversations and meaningful conversations yeah not just saying not just thinking because we've Definitely worked with a few people that think just being in the gym means they're being productive. If you spend 12 hours in the gym but only speak to one person and you think just being in the gym training and sitting in the staff room is going to be productive, no. it's not. No. And we've probably been guilty of sitting in the staff room rather than being productive. But, yeah, some some PTs we work with, they just thought, if I stand on the gym floor long enough, enough people will approach me and not even approaching them and being proactive, approaching the gym members themselves. So... You've got to expect long hours and you've got to use those hours wisely, not just being in the building. Um, you've actually got to talk to people, whatever it is, having classes, doing um, exercise demonstrations. Loads of ways you can busy yourself within a gym environment and help to pick clients up. But when you pick those clients up, then it's as you get busier, that's when it's more of a strain onto your work-life balance. And that's where you've got to make sure, which something I didn't do, is to put time in your schedule for yourself, for your partner, 
for your friends, for your family, whoever it is, whether it's even just downtime for yourself. And that is something I definitely didn't do. And, and that had effect on my relationship at the time, who I was with, and on a negative way, um, because I prioritized work. And then even, which is fine at the start, but then going forward, you have to have to find a balance somewhere. And like Lewis has at the minute, he's got a good balance. Um, but I didn't do that. I was working long, long hours. First thing in the morning, I was the first PT in there. Last thing at night, I'd PT sometimes till 10 o'clock, which was just wild. When mm -hmm. I maybe didn't need to do that and maybe needed to be more selfish with my time, but that is something I didn't do. So it's really important that you kind of put your foot down with your own schedule, have a diary, work with a diary, whether it's electronically or paperwork um, and be strict. Say, look, these, these afternoons or these weekends, they're my time for myself, my friends, family partner, whoever it is and that, and I spend time away from the gym because if you're in there all the time, you can get burnt out. So, and I think what you've, you've sort of struggled with is to realize people will respect that. People will say, well, yeah, that's your time. If you don't work that, I'll find another time that will work yeah. for me. And maybe I didn't put my foot down, but I'm saying to you, you need to do it. Yeah, completely agree. Well, I think we've covered quite a lot there. I think we've covered everything to do with stress and what you can do to eliminate it or maybe not eliminate it because you're never going to be able to do that but reduce it so as i said before if you want to know more information head to the link in the description where we can help you reduce your stress earn more money get more clients so hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you in the next one see you later guys